1: Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Michael Joseph Ferguson. I hope you're doing well. Happy uh, second day of spring. That's when I'm recording this. Uh, On today's podcast, we are going to be discussing people pleasing and setting healthy boundaries as hunter types. Uh, This theme has come up over and over again, uh, with my coaching clients. And it came up in the last two alive online workshops. And I feel like this is such a key challenge for hunter types. And there's reasons why there's reasons why our, uh, challenges lead us to also become people-pleasing for some of us. Some of us are great at setting boundaries. So I don't want to say it's every hunter type, but there are conditions that because of our wiring, we can be prone to being people-pleasing and not really setting healthy boundaries for ourselves. And many of us struggle with this because, I mean, basically it's chronic low self-esteem, That's a lot of it. That's at the core of it. So, uh, but in order to stay up off overwhelm and take care of ourselves and reach our fullest potential, it's essential to learn how to set healthy boundaries. Otherwise, life just completely rolls over us. So, stay tuned for that. Uh, A couple quick announcements. Uh, Our next a live online workshop with many of you asked about it because we it filled up right away in January. So the next one will most likely be at the beginning of May. So keep an eye out on the email list and I'll probably announce it on the podcast as well. And big shout out to all of you who joined us in the January workshop. It was such an honor to connect with all of you. Uh, there was even one woman that grew up one town over from where my grandmother was born and raised in Ireland. So that was pretty special. So thank you all so much for, for sharing and being vulnerable, and uh, it was just an honor to connect with all of you. So setting boundaries is like this. You want to plant a mango tree in your backyard. And mango trees, are they grow really big, and they give off tons and tons of fruit, hundreds of pounds of fruit. Uh, So you go down to the nursery, you buy a five pound or a five gallon pot with a seedling in it. You bring it home, you plant it, you give it some amendments, you water it, and then you're like, okay, it's, it's growing now. But you don't set any fence or boundary around it. So what happens? So animals come and they nibble on it. So the tree gets a little smaller. Then the kids are playing in the backyard. They accidentally fall on it. And this seedling which wants to become a big tree just stays in this perpetual state of non-growth it's not growing at all it's definitely not going to bear any fruit however if you planted the tree and created a small fence around it within a couple of years it's not going to need the fence it's protecting it's protected from the elements it's protecting from people falling on it or hurting it and then after a couple of years it's strong enough that you can actually remove the fence And eventually, it gets so big that it's sheltering other people. But most importantly, it bears fruit. It's doing what it was created to do. So the moral is, many of us never learn to set boundaries for ourselves. For some of us, this came from some kind of abuse growing up, some mental or physical abuse. For others, we were just never modeled of what it looks like to compassionately set boundaries. Or we were just so concerned that if we spoke up, we wouldn't be loved or accepted. So the good news is it's never too late to start setting boundaries. You can grow into your fullest potential and do the things that you want to do and, and experience the life you want because as you start to learn to set healthy boundaries. If this is your issue, this is the episode that you need to listen to. And I think by this point in what I've been sharing, the people who are who have this challenge are nodding their heads saying, yes, this is definitely me. So let's explore why this is such a challenge, a common challenge for us hunter types. So it starts with I think challenges with low self-esteem. So this is the result of our ADHD challenges with focus and follow through. We were often judged or misunderstood growing up and we were not given what we needed to thrive. So that's where it started. That was the seedling of not setting boundaries or people pleasing, right? I'm going to please this person and they're going to love me and accept me. The people around me are going to love and accept me. But if I share what I, if I actually set a boundary, they're going to get angry at me and I don't want anger and I want Want harmony and belonging at all costs, so I will not speak up and ask for what I need. So this leads to a strong need for acceptance and understanding and belonging to others. So like that, that's the driver: acceptance, understanding, belonging. Those are often in safety. I think it's probably in there as well. Those are the needs that you know we talk about on this podcast: needs awareness. So those are the core primal needs that we are looking for. Acceptance, understanding, belonging, safety, emotional safety, physical safety. Um, So people-pleasing is an adaptation to be accepted, liked, and have a sense of belonging. But as adults, this childhood adaptation can lead to exhaustion and resentment of others. You'll find yourself judging others that have stronger boundaries, you'll say those that person's selfish. They're just completely self-absorbed. That's your indicator. If that's your inner dialogue that you find yourself spinning on, that is usually an indicator that you are not setting healthy boundaries for yourself. You have not embraced... What it is to set healthy boundaries so you can stay strong and healthy and take care of yourself. So typically when you're not setting healthy boundaries, there's a lot of self-judgment. There's a loud inner dialogue of resenting others or judging yourself. And as this continues, it leads to depression. So depression is, this is a non-biochemical depression. It's a it's a depression rooted in the feeling that I will never get these needs met, so it's hopeless. Life is hopeless, because you have not found that strength in you to say, I need to set a boundary here. So the good news is, Learning to set boundaries can be the thing that gets you out of your depression, your funk, whatever is going on right now. There's there's many things that can cause depression, but definitely feeling disconnected from getting your needs met is a big culprit for depression. And as I stated before, if you don't learn to set boundaries, you get crushed by life. Period. Period. That's what happens. If you don't, no one else can do it for you. You can't expect someone else to know what you need. Your job for yourself and taking care of yourself is to know what you need and articulate that to other people. So I was reading an article the other day. I don't even, I'm just looking through Google News and I saw some, note that said um i think it was from um elizabeth olsen who's one of the actresses in uh wandavision i guess that's the. i haven't seen the show yet but uh she was talking about the her favorite sentence that she got from i think her dad was no is a full sentence and so basically you don't need to justify your boundary you can just say no and uh, for many of us, we just haven't learned to do that. We don't feel it's safe to set our boundary. And also, if we have a judgment of people who are set strong boundaries for themselves, if you think they are selfish, then if that's your thought of setting boundaries means you're selfish, then you don't want to be selfish. So I guess then uh, I can't set boundaries because that means I'm selfish. Uh, so no one can do this work for you. This is an inside job. Uh, and it can be a difficult process, so you have to ease into it. It's some people they come to these grand revelations as they go through life, and they just go completely the other way, and they just set boundaries, and everyone's upset around them, and everyone's shocked because they had never, you know, they haven't experienced up until now someone setting them setting the boundary, and then when it happens, it's this over the top intense thing that creates a lot of turmoil. So that's one way to go that that has worked. but it may not be the most gentle part of this a better way to go is to ease into it to start to learn to set boundaries uh day to day like seeing what what small boundary can i set today and start to just build that muscle of setting healthy boundaries and i'm going to give you some examples in a second so a lot of this is very common in relationship dynamics so love relationships where uh your partner is i mean it's almost when i'm talking to people who have challenges with boundaries, it's almost always their partner has got much stronger boundaries and they love them and they also resent them. That's that's a very common dynamic. So the good news is if you have a partner, someone you really care about who's good at boundaries, you can pretend to be them. That's one really good method. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. You, you, you have someone that's modeling for you what it's like to set healthy boundaries. To take that in a little bit. That's something that attracted you to that person in the beginning. So they are calling you for gr- they're calling you out to grow. When when we're drawn to things, or we're drawn to people, typically they have something that we need to learn and integrate for ourselves. Okay, so let's go through some examples. So the classic example that has come up in multiple workshops and also with numerous of my coaching clients is you're someone who always says yes when people ask you to help them, even though doing so in the moment may be really detrimental to you and to your health. You don't feel you can say no. Otherwise, it really challenges your image of yourself as a good person. Good people just say yes when people ask for help no matter what. So Yes, helping people is good, but if you are not doing it out of choice, then what are you doing? It's you have no choice. You, you you need choice in order to truly do something that contributes to another human being. Otherwise, you you just you have no freedom. There's no freedom. Free like true love. I think comes from you caring for another person and choosing to do something for them instead of feeling like I have to do it for that person. So that's, to me, that's the more uh, nuanced view of what love and care is. Because if you just don't have no choice, then you're going to resent them for it. At the end of the day, you're going to feel resentful because if you ask them for help at some point and they say no, you get angry. Why? Because they don't have the same programming you do right so you've got to look at this from all angles to say like can i say no when it doesn't work but say yes when it does feel good and i can contribute with no attachment to what they're going to do for you later you're not you're not holding tabs so that's one example another example is there's no time for you in the morning for yourself and your family and your kids. And Everyone takes the time and you feel like I've got to be a good parent and I can't take five to ten minutes to myself to meditate or plan my day. I have to show up for everyone else or everything's going to fall apart. So that's another level of, of setting boundaries where you feel and, and it's an understandable concern. You want to show up for your kids. You want to take care of them. But at the same time, if you get that 10 to 15 minutes to yourself to take care of yourself, you're going to be way more charged up and way more present with your kids. You're going to be less likely to get upset with them during the day. So that's another level of setting a boundary where you, you make a communication, say, I need this 15 minutes to myself in the morning, quiet time just so I can take care of myself, and then the day can start. Now, when the kids are younger, it's a little hard to do that, but as they get older, you can make that happen. Uh, especially, you can speak to your partner about it, and you can figure a way to do it. Most of the time, as I work with people as a coach, there's a way to make it happen. It's just that it doesn't feel attainable, or there's some self-judgment around it, or some concern that the kids are going to you know, destroy the house, or whatever is going to happen. So, setting a boundary so that you can take care of yourself. Uh, another example is walking away from situations and people who are harming you. So that could be in work. That could be a relationship that you're in, but that is another clear example of setting a boundary where this is no longer. Okay. I am in relationships with people that care and respect me. This person is not caring and respecting me. And I've made, I've communicated and I need to walk away from it. That happens. There's times in life where that is appropriate. Um, the other thing is people pleasing to get respect basically overperforming at your job so that you'll be respected. So and I think and this came up a lot in our workshops with women, I think women more than men and it's just the unfortunate nature of our patriarchal society is that women are not respected and they have to work so much harder than men in the workplace. Uh, so the thought is, if I overperform, then I'll be respected. This is, a, this is another hunter type thing where people have a lot of energy, a lot of focus and a lot of drive. Um, this underlying thought of I will overperform, so I will be respected is a recipe for exhaustion. And I've seen it over and over again. So the, the, to, to become aware of it is the first step, like to see like, oh, this is what's driving me. If you understand that that thought is driving you and the need, that core thing, that primal need of respect, that core thing of respect, that's what's driving me, then you have choice. Then you can go, okay, I recognize that I'm doing this because I really want respect from these people. And you start to think, okay, wait a minute, I don't even like these people. Why do I want them to respect me? You start to see the underlying patterns that are driving you. So the healing of that is accepting yourself, becoming aware of it. And by setting healthy boundaries with people, uh, you recognize that you actually are even more respected. People who set healthy boundaries are even more respected. That's the secret. We feel like if we, we just show up and do everything and just overperform, that's what gets us respect. But it doesn't. Actually, setting the boundaries, are that's what people respect. And if you watch when someone sets a boundary for you and say, no, I can't do that, most of the time you're not angry with them. Most of the time you're like, oh, okay, that's it. That, you know, that's, they can't do it. And ask yourself, if you have that challenge of saying no to something, ask yourself what's driving it. What's getting you to say yes to that thing, even though inside it's you're screaming to yourself, don't say yes. What is the thing that you want more than honoring yourself? And in doing so, you'll start to untie yourself from these unconscious patterns. So another example is just setting boundaries for yourself. So that's stimuli: screen time, hyperfocus binges where you burn out. Uh, you don't eat enough food. There's, it's basically stimuli indulgence. That's where you have to set a boundary for yourself and say, okay, no, I need to stop here, or I need someone to support me in stopping. So when this same tendency for addiction to stimuli, it's addiction. It's and certain levels of addiction are so difficult that you have no power with them. And you actually need some, you need a spotter, you need someone to support you in setting those boundaries so you can get the rest and nurturing. Uh, all the, the other things that you're missing because you're hyper focusing on this one or two things. And again, I think one of the common ones for us hunter types is we can go on that hyper focus binge, like a creative binge and we don't eat or sleep or, and it's you know it's great in the moment, but it just burns you out. Okay, so what are some actions we can take? How do we, how do we start setting healthy boundaries? So this all starts with learning to tune into yourself. And the best tool that i found uh, is journaling. And I've mentioned this over and over again. Journaling is your doorway into your inner communication with yourself. And if you get good at it, you can quickly identify what's going on and take action. If you don't journal, then everything just floods together and you have no idea why you're being motivated to do this or that. So journaling is where it starts. So I want to, uh, once again, I think I've done this the last couple episodes, direct you to episode 65 of this podcast. Journaling for clarity, download the worksheet for with the podcast, and that's got all the needs on it. So you can look at that that nonviolent communication needs list and start to identify what needs are you not taking care of in your life because you're people pleasing. So the first step is to empathize with why you're doing it. So why are you doing? What are you most? what are you getting from people pleasing? What is it giving you? Because it's giving you something. And so is it, are you trying to get respect? Are you trying to be getting get belonging? Are you trying to get acceptance? What is it? What is it giving you? And get clear about that. So you know why it's happening. So you can say, okay, I can still get this need met. The, th- the thing that's making me people, please. I can still get that need met. And I can also take care of myself and say no when I need to say no. So that's the first step. And I'll give you some, some exercises in a second. Um, and then the next question is, what can I do or request of someone else? So once you've gotten clear about what's going on, what is an action I can take? How do I get my power back? What's one action or communication I need to make moving forward? And maybe the practices when people act, like if going back to that other example of always saying yes, no matter what, ask yourself So get in the practice of just saying no. Just flip it over. And in if you're someone asks you, say no. And you then you can think about it after you get off the phone with them or after you talk to them take a breath and go, okay, no, I can probably do that. And then you have a little buffer of time where you can actually tune into yourself before you say yes. If yes is the automatic answer, practice saying, no, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Uh, Sorry, my schedule's booked right now. I can't do it. Just practice doing that. And you can always come back in five minutes and say yes, if it feels good. So that one little trick of just saying, practice saying no, no matter what comes your way, you just say no, and then give yourself a, a few minutes to reflect on it and then you can contact him back. And I remember that, uh, there's a great, um, I think a story that, uh, um, what's his name? Um, uh, Lauren Michaels who runs Saturday night live. Uh, he was saying that he was wanting to pitch an idea to the higher ups, uh, to get a show on, on the air. And he found this guy and he's like, it's, I think it was the Ruggles. I think that's what it was. It was the the Beatles uh, parody. I think this was in the late seventies. Uh, and he ca- talked to this guy and he gave this passionate pitch. He was the network guy that was going to give him the green light for it. And the guy said, no, no, no we're not, we're not going to do it. And And so he was distraught and he left and he walked away and he fumed for a couple days and he thought of, he's like, no, this is such a good idea. I, I need to make this happen. So he went back into the same guy's office and he just gave this passionate plea for doing this project. And the guy looked at him and said, okay, let's do it. He said, well, why did you, why did you say okay now? And you said no later. And he says, and his response was for me at my job, no is always the right answer. Because if someone comes back and is passionate about the project, chances are that person cares about it so much that it's going to be a successful project. So for me, no is always the best answer. And that's a little extreme, but I thought that's a good example of someone that sets clear boundaries because he's got so many people throwing so many ideas at him and his job is actually to sift through who's, it's it's not just the idea, it's the ability to carry the idea off to make it happen. And, the, and it's people, it like ideas are great, but ideas are a dime a dozen. It's the people that do the ideas that make it happen. That's the valuable thing. That's the thing that's most important. That guy understood that. So as you're going through a journaling process, paying attention to your inner dialogue is a key piece of the puzzle. So, uh, if you find yourself judging other people saying my partner's so self absorbed, God, he's so self, so selfish. And you're just constantly spinning on that thought. Or you just keep saying, I just can't say no, I, this person needs my help. I just can't say no. That's the dialogue. That's the thing that spins over, over again. Um, and Or it's the opposite. It's like I'm helping everyone else, but I have no time for myself. I have no time for myself, and I just can't stand everybody because I just don't have any time for myself. So if you sit down and you journal and you just let your inner that dialogue that's kind of spinning through your head, if you actually write it down, the things that you're spinning on, those judgments and frustrations are going to give you some really key indicators as to what needs to happen, what where boundaries need to be set. So you don't have to just figure the answer out. You can literally use the negativity inside you to guide you towards what you need to do to make a difference. And another key piece around boundaries is when someone crosses a boundary for you, they say something that was unkind or they really, they stepped over a boundary or or you've set a boundary and keep someone keeps pushing and keeps pushing it. You need to speak up. So if you don't speak up, what that, what happens is that turns into inner negative dialogue. So basically if you don't stand up for yourself your inner dialogue almost guaranteed will be this uh it'll just be self judgmental because you didn't stand up for yourself and the mechanism and inside our brain for whatever reason just flips it around and says i'm no good um I, you know I, I must be blessed messing things up I, I'm, whatever it is it's because you didn't stand up to about it or you've got such a spit like you don't someone says something to you you get angry at them but you don't say anything And then you just fume for days and weeks and months or years because you never set a boundary. So if you want to heal that inner resentment, that inner dialogue, you need to start speaking up and saying, you know what? When you said that, that really hurt my feelings and I didn't appreciate that. Would you be willing to be more mindful with your communication? Something to that effect. People need to hear it. I don't care if it's a work environment, it's it's family, it's kids, whatever it is, you need to speak up and speak where someone crossed the boundary. And a lot of times people don't know. the The reality is a lot of people are just used to speaking in a way where it is really harming other people, but they don't know it. They think it's joking or whatever. So you need to bring it to their attention, not only for you, but also for all the other people they're affecting. And that takes some bravery. It takes some skill. This is why I like nonviolent communication. Again, Marshall Rosenberg, get the book, nonviolent communication, get the audiobook. The entire process that he speaks of is how do you compassionately set boundaries? How do you make requests of people in a way where they can hear it versus get angry at you? That's the whole that's kind of that's part. I mean, it's a very rough version of what nonviolent communication is. So if you have, if you find yourself spinning in resentment and thinking about something over and over and over again, there's probably a boundary that was crossed that you need to set and make a communication with another person to let them know what happened to say like, Hey, you know what you, you, it's a, it's an act of respect to that person that you say, Hey, you crossed the boundary. This did not feel good. And would you be willing to, and express the, uh, bring it to their attention so they understand it whether it's in the workplace or anywhere else because if you're in a workplace and that's come up then how effective are you when half of your energy is going to spinning on something you're resentful for so and this gets tricky cuz we got to take care of ourselves we need to make money but a lot of times there's opportunities that you can that you can f- take that will make things better not only for you but for the people around you and your coworkers So I want to give you two affirmations that I think can be really helpful if setting boundaries is a challenge for you. So as a reminder, affirmations are thoughts you choose to think because you like the results they bring. So it's instead of you being run by your thoughts, you're choosing these thoughts and saying, I like this thought and I will repeat this thought to myself over and over again. So there's two of them. One is people like me even more when I set boundaries. Just say that to yourself over and over again. People like me even more when I set boundaries. So that's affirmation number one. Second affirmation is I can be even more effective helping people when I set boundaries. I can be even more effective helping people when I set boundaries. So those two affirmations can short-circuit The part of you that is people-pleasing because it's doing it for a reason and when you really embrace those two thoughts, uh, people like me even more when I set boundaries and I can be even more effective helping people when I set boundaries. If you can embrace those two thoughts, that can start transforming your tendencies because you can start to see, oh, wait a minute, actually... I when I'm taking care of myself and I've can I've slept well and uh, I've got more energy and actually I when you look back you go oh actually I, I am more effective at helping people and that people like me more even more when I set boundaries if you keep dwelling on that thought people like me even more when I set boundaries that's going to give you some strength to make the decisions and make the communications you need to make now in terms of parents um, A good reminder is by taking care of yourself, you're modeling self-care for your kids. So instead of you feeling like I'm hurting my kids, I'm being selfish by taking time to myself, then if you flip that around and say, by taking time to take care of myself, I am modeling self-care for my kids. Because you're teaching your kids way more through how you behave than anything you tell them. You can tell them what you want. Think about when you were a kid. It's you watch... You watch you, when you were a kid. You watch the adults, and you watch what they did. What they said was far less important. So, and kids have great BS meters. They know when when you're not actually in your integrity with it. So, be mindful. Like you want your kids to grow up to set healthy boundaries for themselves. That's going to make them strong kids and strong adults. They're going to grow up and know okay, like the world's going to crush them otherwise. So, if you got a model for them, this is what it looks like to set healthy boundaries. Now, this does not mean that you just take all the time to yourself and you're just, you really are just self-centered and you just let the kids do whatever they want. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is take, if you, if this is your challenge, then taking even 10 to 15 minutes to take care of yourself Is going to exponentially help you show up for your kids, and you're going to feel better, you're going to be in a better mood, and you're less likely to get ticked off when they do something that you don't want them to do. So, because you don't want to model burnout for your kids, if you're burned out, you never say no, and you're always like that's going to lead them to have the same challenges when they grow up. When you're inside of it and you're waking up, and the kids, this kid's doing this, this kid's doing that, it's overwhelming. There's so much going on, it's such a challenging job and you need to be able to carve out time during the day where you can catch your breath. And you're going to be much more able to really care for your kids when you do that. And then the strategies to get there, that's part of the setting boundaries. That's like, how do we make this happen? What are the communications do we need to make? What support do we need to call in? So you got to get creative about it. It might not be just one simple step. It actually may be a few steps and a few family meetings and working all that out. But stay with it so that you can set the boundaries you need to set so you can be strong and healthy and at least less burned out okay so i'm going to give you a couple journaling exercises uh, specifically i'm going to ask i'm going to give you a couple journaling cues that i think could be helpful in exploring and especially getting unstuck from any uh, patterns of people pleasing that you may have that aren't serving you so question number one is what areas of your life are you people pleasing what areas of your life are you not saying no, even though you really want to say no? Second question, what boundaries do you need to set? What are some boundaries in the next couple days, in the next week? Where do you need to set boundaries? What, just make a list. You'll know, like there's people, You'll. I'm sure people are, you're, you're sitting there going, oh, that person <laughs> and there's work and like start making that list. You don't have to write, just bullet it out. Where, what parts of your life do you need to set boundaries? What boundaries do you need to set? That's the question. So what boundaries do you need to set? What can make the difference? Third question, what are you afraid of uh, that will happen if you do set these boundaries? That's a really important question because some of you may have really good, reason why you're not doing it there may even be physical abuse connected to this and if that's the case then clearly you need to get some support from people around you so it's not all on your shoulders but whatever it is what are you most afraid will happen if you set this boundary or that boundary go through the list that you made in the previous questions and ask yourself what what am i afraid of And it's important to embrace that because that's part of the reason why you're not doing it. So you need to look at that straight in the eye and go, this is why I'm scared. I'm scared to set this boundary because I don't want to lose my job. Like I said, this guy said this thing to me and it was abusive and it was sexual harassment, but I don't want to lose my job because I got to take care of my kids. So that's a valid reason. And so again, bringing this Totally crystal clear to the present moment gives you some power so that you can look at it and say, what can I do? And so the last question is, what one action can you take right away? As you went through those journaling prompts, what's one action you can take right away? So you may have six or seven areas where you need to set boundaries, but maybe let's just start with one. What's one that you can do? Because if you have that list, one of them, you're probably like, oh, I can do that. I can, like, how do you get, how do you get the ball rolling? So what action can you take right away that will address your people pleasing and set a healthy boundary for yourself? Okay, so your task for this week, if this episode resonated with you is to get clear where in your life you need to set boundaries and take at least one step towards this. That's your task for the week. And as far as book recommendations, it's always the same thing. Nonviolent Communication, Marshall Rosenberg, get the audiobook, listen to it. It's all about how do you do this in a graceful way that is the most effective way. It's such a good guide into setting healthy boundaries, uh, and I'll leave a link in the description of this podcast. Um, so that's it. I hope that was helpful to you. Um, as a reminder, we'll probably be doing our next live online workshop. It looks like early May, uh, late April. I'm pretty sure it's going to be early May at this point. Uh, so keep an eye out. And um, for those of you who are on the wait list, you will get an email before everybody else. Uh, So don't worry, you'll have one week. And so please, uh, when you see the email, that's good. If it says pre-registration, that's not going to everybody. That's just going to you. So uh, the last one filled up like within one day. Uh, which is great. And I'm, it's beautiful, but I also want to make sure that those people who really want to get into the workshops can get in. So keep an eye for that email. Uh, it will probably go out mm, late April if we're going to do it in the beginning of May. So, uh, and there'll be more podcasts between then. So, uh, you'll all announce it before then. Okay. So I hope you guys are doing well. I hope 2021 is treating you good. And, uh, until next time, be well. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about the book, The Drummer in the Great Mountain, visit drummerinthegreatmountain.com. To join us on social media, click the links at the top of the homepage. Help us spread the word. We're a small press and reviews really help. If you've been enjoying the podcast or the book, consider writing a review on iTunes, Amazon, Goodreads, or your podcast app. If you're new to the podcast and want to quickly get up to speed on the concepts we discuss, check out our free five-day mini course. Visit drummerinthegreatmountain.com forward slash mini course. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover on future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email at info at drummerinthegreatmountain.com.